To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. Also, $35 or more gets you free shipping on pbandjoey.com. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Here's a great new way to support the website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal is to start investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun. No matter how much experience you have or don't have, keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets available all in one single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited, commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn 2.05 APY all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waiting list and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. And when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up using either your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get free stock and I get free stock. We all win. Trade Terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and click on the Robinhood referral banner and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Jay here, positivesarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. I am already sweating and already tired from the fact that I have a, I'm, work, I'm trying to do this new advertising thing with Robin Hood and I got a big long read that I've, I've put together for myself, but I don't want to talk about that. I've already read it. You already heard it. So you can go back and rewind if you want, but I'm streaming live once again from the Spare Parts Studios. It's on Google Maps. You can find it. Um, anyways, I am running solo again today. Uh, my guest couldn't make it. That's okay, though. I'm kind of used to being all by myself. I got coffee reviews today. I got movie reviews today. I've got comedy special reviews today. I've got the world's loudest bird. I've got uh, an apology from me, but not really a big deal one. Uh, I've got Q&A from Dig.com. Uh, I got a shout out to a, a, a grocer, a cashier girl at Hannaford's who hates her job. And I've also got uh, the top three things I generally don't discuss on this podcast and the reasons why and the list, how high and how low they are in the prohibited. And of course, I got a review of La Cologne Coffee. Uh, the reason I'm, I have this coffee here and not the Laughing Man Coffee uh, is because they said it was at Target, but it wasn't. And I was not leaving empty-handed. And thanks to Timmy Harper for sponsoring this week's uh, coffee grab. And yeah, let's move on with that. I will review that later on in the podcast or early in the podcast. It depends on uh, how caffeinated I get. 
And then, of course, I'm trying to I'm trying to think about how to properly end these podcasts. Shit, I'm actually still trying to think about how to start these podcasts and middle these podcasts and actually just do them in general. Uh, hell, it only took 92 of them to get shitty. Uh, but for the most part, I was thinking at the end of these podcasts, uh, obviously I do a lot with bodybuilding, posing music, fitness, posing music in general. So I'm always listening to beats. If you ever saw me at a gym or, or hell in my kitchen, I'm usually bopping around to something. There's some kind of tune going on in my head and it's not the demons. It's actually music. Sometimes the music sounds like demons, but for the most part, it has, uh, I'm, I'm very in tune with music as far as what I, I just, I want to hear a new beat. I want to hear something cool. I want to hear something different. I don't want to hear the same top 40 pop shit. I want to have, you know, new stuff I can manipulate and work with. And I'm always looking up new music for YouTube, for my YouTube stuff, stuff I can use for clients. And sometimes I find certain bands or certain songs that change the game or remind us that that genre of music isn't dead yet. And I found one with, with metal. Uh, and once again, when you talk about metal, the Swedes are awesome at it. The Swedes, the Norwegians, those Northern Europeans slaughter heavy metal. And a band called Orbit Culture, they have a song out called Nensha. They got all kinds of tunes, but there's one. You can go and check it out. Go to, uh, go to YouTube and look up a band called Orbit Culture, and they have a song called Nensha, N-E-N-S-H-A. If you like metal, this is about as metal as it gets. I don't think you could get a more brutal song than this. So you can go. I may actually do that at the end of this podcast. Actually, just instead of the normal uh, uh, fade out by Bass Nectar, I may actually start, unless I have a particular song that I want to show you. Um, or, well, if I have a song for that week, I'll insert it at the end of the podcast so you can at least listen to it if you want to. And then you can go check the band out myself. I mean, think of it as free advertising. You get to hear it. Maybe you like the band. Maybe you go see them in concert. Maybe you go buy their album. Maybe you download it or steal it. But I don't know. I don't have control of these things. But as I was saying, that's just another way of me wanting to share with you the things that I'm looking up and researching and cool stuff, cool stuff that I'm finding. So, uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, let me take a look here. So we got the three, the three new promos. Um, See, I got all 10 fingers. Okay. Yeah, so I mentioned the girl who... Ha- all right, so... Mm. I, I mentioned the other day I was walking through... I'm shopping... I grocery shop at least, what, every two or three days? You know? If I was if I was a... As a regular uh, fitness athlete or just a... You know, I'm gaining weight right now to get it going to the... Uh, into the off season because it's... I don't know. Trying to figure, trying to to transition into that, and so. Um, but either way, I'm still in the grocery store every couple days. You know, you see a lot of the same faces, so you're constantly maneuvering in and out of the grocery store. You have the same grocery stores. You know when the sales are. You bop in and out, and you know you see a lot of the same faces, same cashiers, and all that shit. Uh, and there's this one, there's this one girl there. She's like she's like this big, and yeah, you could. You could totally see it on the podcast. She's this big. She's like Fraggle Rock big. And she never has a smile on her face. Uh, she looks like she's going to be, she's going to wear like a, like a, what do you call it? Like she's going to, like a, I don't know. She looks like she's going to be like a, a, 
a soccer mom type of person when she gets older. I don't know. Maybe it was just obviously can't judge a book by its cover. But I was buying my usual body butter and she made a comment about the body butter. She's like, you know, this makes you tan. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's because I that's why I buy it because I, I want my skin to glow like my aura. So I don't know where the conversation led after that. I don't I don't remember. I was kind of I was out of the gym. I was coming out of the gym, coming off my pre-workout. My brain wasn't really working right. And the next thing I know, um, I said something to her about I've seen you here like four times, like stand like just as a just as like passing by. And you never seem like you're in a good mood. And flat out, flat out, she just says, I I hate this place. <laughs> and that's exactly what you want from your cashier grocer girl is brutal honesty. But you know what? It's because it's not because for a lack of of effort. It's just because her and millions of other people in this world right now have true passions for something else that has absolutely nothing. Not only does it have nothing to do with what they are currently doing for work, but it's taking time away from that thing that they'd rather be doing. And not just a small amount of time, a huge amount of time. And sometimes, and and some people can handle that, and they can once they get out of work or something like that, they can go right to that thing and spend every waking moment on it. But for some people, it hurts their soul to know that they're stuck doing this this fucking uh, basic bitch job uh, in in entry level stuff, and it just hurt, and it just hurts them to know that they have to do this. Or they can, they're doing this, but they should be doing that. But after a while, you, you, the discipline grows for, you know, you have to go through this bullshit and struggle through all this in order to get to that thing that you really wanted to do. Now, the, the answer was hilarious. I, I mean, what do you want to do? And she's like, I want to dance. Story of my life. I just want to dance. That is such a Brian Callen response. Now, um, I was, I, I, li- I just after that got home and then called my buddy Zach on the phone to tell him the answer to the question because I thought it was hilarious, but I got distracted from the minute I picked up the phone because I had to hang up on him because I set my, um, stove top on fire. Uh, it happens, you know, it's just, you turn on the wrong burner and something's sitting on that burner. Next thing you know, your carton of eggs is on fire. That's okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> but it it is I I could in that moment relate with somebody who I know nothing about maybe don't have much com- much in common with but I get it and there's people whether you're 18 or 80 there's that thing out there that you've been you want to do so bad that it hurts you to the core the fact you're not doing it at this very moment or some form of it so as I preach almost every other week on this friggin' show, on this dog and pony show, well, start doing it. Dive right in. Whatever it is. And you can't, you need to find a new audience. You know, whatever it is, don't tell your friends about it. If you want to do something brand new or whatever, don't tell your friends about it. Don't tell your family about it. Don't tell anybody about it. Don't say you're going to go do something. 
Don't even if you're going to go on vacation, don't tell anybody where you're going on vacation. If you're going to go to a baseball game, don't tell friends you're going to a baseball game. Don't tell your friends, don't tell your family, don't tell your coworkers about your lives, your life or your plans or anything. All they are is a distraction. In the beginning, they just get in the way. That's all they do. People, it's very easy for people to be critics or roadblocks or just plain old distractions. Or they're not intelligent enough to understand your line of thinking, the way the, the thoughts and the passion that you're going through. Because you could be thinking something victorious, something glorious. And they'll say something while you're, maybe you should be writing what you just thought down, and they'll say something that's completely dumb, and it will throw off what you were going to do or think or write, and that moment's possibly gone forever. Gone forever. Because that fucking idiot opened their mouth. And the reason that fucking idiot opened their mouth is because you, you idiot, opened your mouth. When you could have just shut it, wrote down what you needed to write down, or go and followed through with that errand to get to where you wanted to go. So my advice to you is if you are going to do something, just jump right into it. And whatever your passion is. Because if you think it hurts while you're doing your shitty job, imagine how much it's going to hurt while you're doing your shitty job and you're not setting aside a time afterwards to go and do that thing or pursue that dream. Nobody's dream is to work in a coal mine, work in an office, work on a cruise ship, work in a movie theater, work at a grocery store, work at a restaurant. Nobody's is. We all have to go through it to get to our dreams in some, in many cases. You got to have the money to pay the bills, but the time is the most valuable thing. But you should start your life off as early as you are aware to do so, to maneuvering into that dream. Like if you were a comic, you wouldn't want to bring your friend. I don't know if you'd want to bring your friends to a show. If you needed to fill seats to make yourself look good, okay, that's one thing. But your your friends aren't comics. Your friends aren't, you know, actors. Your friends aren't dancers. So their input isn't required. Only their support is. Same thing with your family. But if they don't understand, how do you expect them to support you for the most part? Don't be mad at them for it. You just got to learn to do it yourself. That's all. And if it's within the realm of possibility, which most things generally are, then go do it. But her response was funny to me, but relatable in many ways. So I, I cheers to her. I cheers to anybody else who has that dream that just fucking hurts their nuts every day. The knowing that they are not doing it at that very moment, but they will be later on in that day or later on in that week, and they want to do it so badly. You know, that's... I, I get it. I, I cheers to you for whatever it is, even if you don't really know what you're doing in the beginning. I was the same way. It can work out. It really can. You just gotta... You just have to want it that bad to hate the thing that you're currently doing. So... I that was a, a an odd little thing that kind of transpired yesterday, um, and you know if I ever see her again, I will ask her how her dancing's going. But besides that, 
Uh, that's pretty much it. So I wanted to do. I I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to get into dig Q and A, but this is weird. I'm, I'm gonna get to the uh, the comedy specials and the movie reviews in, the, in a second, but I wanted to get to this thing. This is a bird. This is a a bell bird. That let's see. There's an article about it. So this is the this is on CNET. Um, on in the SciTech section by Jackson Ryan, and I have a YouTube clip also. So this is the world's loudest bird is as deafening as thunder, scientists say. At 125.4 decibels, the white bellbird is almost as loud as a jet aircraft. Meet the white bellbird, a Brazilian banshee bird with a screeching squawk that can reach up to 125.4 decibels. Uh, I'm going to play that for you in just a second. That's louder than a rock concert and almost as loud as a gunshot. It doesn't quite have the same melody as a rock song might, nor the explosiveness of a gunshot. In fact, listening to the bellbird scream, I'm not even sure this is really a bird. All right, check out what this thing freaking sounds like. It sounds like a fucking fire alarm in Korea. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me play that again. I feel like I'm getting pulled over by an ambulance. That is that, that is the white bellbird, the Brazilian banshee bird. That's 125 decibels. Mm. And that's a sip of uh, Monaco coffee. Uh, they ventured out into the forest. Jeffrey Podos and Mario 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 Cohen Haft ventured out into the forest of South America to record a white bellbird and another incredibly loud flyer known as the Screaming Piha. Their study published Monday in the journal Current Biology shows the bellbird shriek is louder than any of that other bird in the world. Previous uh, decibel holder was 116 decibels, and this thing's nine decibels louder. Why is the bellbird so loud? Bitches, man. Bitches. It's mating. And apparently it needs something like a boat is sinking off the coast of Alaska in order to get another chick's attention. While I'm watching these bell white bellbirds, we were lucky enough to see females join males on the dis- on the display perches. In these cases, we saw the males swing their loudest sing their only their loudest songs. Not only that, they swivel dramatically during these songs so as to blast the song's final note directly at their females. I gotta play this shit again. This thing is insane. This this bird doesn't look big. It looks like it's got like a braid coming off the top of its face too, right over its nose. But it's it's so weird. Like you watch this. You can go to YouTube and type in Brazilian Banshee. And there's like one video, just one video of it. It's a white bird. It's a white bird on a perch. That's it. And it's like, it's 26 seconds long and he does it like twice. So I got to play, I got to play this shit again. This thing is nuts. Hey, dude, check that girl out. Yeah, that one right over there. Ah! 
<laughs> that is nuts. <laughs> that's like, that's some Tron shit. Woo. Man, that bird will fuck your day up. Oh. Okay. I got some news. Actually, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get a refill on my Java. Okay. So we talked about China uh, a couple weeks ago. And I was also trying to get Q&A from China. It's kind of hard to talk to people from China because they have such rigid uh, restrictions on their internets. And so I was getting hits, activity. You can, I can check my own activity log to see what countries and what cities and what countries and all that stuff are hitting my website. So I can see who's doing what where. And I get a lot of hits from, you know, Beijing, I think Hong Kong, stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm like, shout out to China. However, a lot of the times it's um, state internet hitting your website or reviewing your website or something like that. Mm. So I was getting a lot. We're talking a lot. Like at one point it was like 60-40. There was a lot of traffic from China hitting my website, checking it out. Not hacking it. My website, I don't think it's ever been hacked. Please don't hack my website. So, I was seeing that, all that stuff, and then roughly about two or three weeks ago after this whole shitstorm with the NBA and South Park and me talking about it on my podcast and obviously showing support for Hong Kong, you know, because I believe in free speech, all of a sudden, in the last three weeks, all of my activity from China went to zero, flat out. Absolutely no activity from China whatsoever. So I went and investigated, and I found, I went and did some uh, internet research, and apparently, here's an article from Quartz. And it turns out, I was asking the question, is PositiveSarcasm.com and the podcast banned in China? And I think that's the case. So congratulations to me for being banned in China. China is cracking down on podcasts for this surprising reason by Jane Lee. So China's cracking down on a number of podcast hosting platforms and apps as Beijing grows increasingly aware, increasingly wary of opinions that the regime deems as out of line. Hmm, okay. With the ruling Communist Party's official narratives in any format. The Cyberspace Administration of China, or CAC, the country's online regulator, issued a statement in Chinese, shocking, on June 28th that said a, t a total of 26 Chinese podcast sharing or voice-based social apps have been ordered to suspend or terminate services. They must also hold talks with the authority over the app's alleged spread of pornography, not something I do, ACG culture, animation, comics, and games or originating in the Japanese and probably most surprising historical nihilism. Referring to pretty much anything that challenges the party's version of past events, historical nihilism has been repeatedly highlighted in Chinese state-owned media as something that needs to be rooted out to maintain the stability of China's leadership. Last year, Kuishi, or Kishi, or Eggs and Kish, a political theory periodical affiliated with the party, labeled critical evaluations of the legacy of China's founding father, Mao, as one of the most pernicious forms of historical nihilism that should be banned from public discourse. Mao's time in power was marked by political and 
economic upheaval, such as Great Leap Forward and industry. Yeah, he killed he killed a lot of people. Mao killed like they say forty five million, but quite possibly a hundred million. In the case of the crackdown on podcasts and voice-based social apps, the CCA notice listed content such as horror stories, folklore, legends about zombies, and accounts of marriages between the dead. Uh, popular in China's countryside as familiars, deceased couples could still receive betrothal gifts, blah, 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 rejecting religious superstition. Okay, so that's some blah, blah, blah. The CAC named four apps it was taking action against. Zia, Seoul, Yuhan, and Yushio FM. Okay, so these are platforms that allow that allow podcasts to come because I don't think they don't have i they don't have podcast addict or fucking Apple Podcast or Google Play, Google Play Music. All the all the ones that I have access to here in the U.S. because I'm on TuneIn, I'm on iHeartRadio, I'm on all of them, but China doesn't have them. So apparently, they've been cracking down on them, and the question is, are they censoring my podcast too over there? Well, they'd have to because, as I mean, the math adds up, especially recently, that as soon as this whole shitstorm starts and they shut down state media, and then the uprising in Hong Kong started, all of my traffic to my website d- stops, comes to a screeching halt. When I'm getting a ton of it from China, and then it goes to zero, that that only means one thing: that they're shutting down all those URL platforms that are allowed into the country. And not only are my, is my podcast banned in China, but chances are every other podcast in the United States is banned right now too. Which sucks because that's, you know, that's the situation that China's going through right now. And, uh, you know, we, we do. We speak freely about so many topics over here. So many topics. From all the podcasts that I listen to, like the Joe Rogan Experience, uh, the Church of What's Happening Now, even the Dan Patrick Show, which is a sports based or enter sports and entertainment based podcast but it does speak freely and there are people on there with opinions as well so i mean if it's going to ban them it's definitely going to ban my site so i'm i'm sorry if anybody from china is listening i don't know what to tell you if you are for some reason and you can hit me up without getting dragged to the gulags and shot please hit me up but don't put anything don't do anything for me that'll put yourself in risk Anywho, uh, let's see. Let's do more. Where are we at? 26 minutes? All right, it's good. I'm glad I got a lot of shit today as far as topics and stuff. Okay, so I finally got a chance to watch two things that I really wanted to see and one thing that I didn't expect to be so good. Fi- uh, we'll start with Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines was the movie. It came out in, let's see. Let me actually look that up. Let me be responsible. I am D. Bizzle. And let's look up Mortal Engines. This was supposed to be like a huge trilogy and everything, but I don't think it worked out. Let me uh, pop that open. M-O-R-T, Mortal. Mortal Engines. 2018's Mortal Engines. Hera Helmer, Hera Helmer and Robert Sheehan and Hugo Weaving, who played Smith. From the Matrix. In a post-apocalyptic world where cities ride on wheels and consume each other to survive, two people meet in London and try to stop a conspiracy. Um, interesting movie. Not realistic as far as its premise. But cool. Okay? It was still cool. It's like, you, you see it, it's grandiose, a lot of CGI, and it's like, okay, cool. 
So this movie did not do well in the box office. It didn't. It, it crashed pretty hard. Disappointing too, because I actually wanted to see it. And then, of course, this was back before I knew Rotten Tomatoes was up to, was up to no good, which they still are, and even more so nowadays. But this movie was for I'll I'll say that the, the the cons about it first. The acting could have been better in some ways, and you didn't attach yourself to the the characters very early on in the film. It took you a long time to attach yourself to the characters. Like a perfect example of you not liking characters in a in a big budget movie that had a, a very high number fan when it came to fantasy and very fantastic uh, uh, CGI. Like Valerian of, was a th- Valerian of a thousand planets. I fucking hated the characters. The plot made no sense. There was way too much shit going on, and it was a bad movie. It was a bad movie, and the acting was terrible. You know, so that was a perfect example of a big, big budget CGI movie gone wrong. Uh, there are there are other ones, but I try not to go out of my way to see these movies. If it's bad, I'm just not going to watch it. But this movie I wanted to see. But about an hour into this movie, you start to get a love for some of the characters and not in a way you'd expect. It sort of comes out of nowhere. And through that empathy, I think it is the word I'm looking for. And through that empathy, in a very odd way, you really you start to gain, you start to have stake in the characters in the film. And it doesn't over the characters don't overplay themselves. They still have some of your typical, you know, kitschy character traits that are stupid, but they work themselves out. And the premise of the movie. There's there's a very clear definition of what the movie is all about from the very beginning. What the antagonists and the protagonists are trying to do from the very beginning. So you can follow along rather easily. And then halfway through the film, it really starts to pick up steam. And all the while, the CGI is really doing a fantastic job. And it's a quite an enjoyable uh, low IQ romp. But the ending sequence is awesome. The payoff, there's a battle at the end, There's and it's on de- to several levels. What made Return of the Jedi so great is that there was battles on different fronts. There was the battle on Endor, there was the battle in the air, or a battle in space with the Millennium Falcon and the Rogue Squadron, and then the battle between Darth Vader and Luke. So you had three different situations going on all at once the same situation the same thing was occurring in a smaller setting with this with this movie and it was quite enjoyable so for the fact that it could have been better this actually this movie could have been a lot worse and you do really like you do towards the end really enjoy the characters they all and they're all very different but i thought it was a really good movie it wasn't great. It definitely wasn't great because the acting the acting took it took a long time for the acting to catch up. If it was I mean, like an av- Avatar was a, was a bad, much better example of really good acting when it came to movies of this size. Whereas Mortal Engines, you know, they kind of took some shortcuts with, you know, their uh, budget 
department when it came to hiring on actors. But I think these were all newcomers and they did really good and you wanted to like them and you wanted to like them and at the end of the at the end of the movie you do like them. And for that, I give this movie to be because it was it wasn't a good movie. It was a really good movie. Like it was really enjoyable. You could romp right through this and go, "Cool. I'm really into this movie." So for that, I give Mortal Engines a, a, a pleasantly surprised. Like I would watch, I would watch this again. I give it a four out of five stars. That's highly. It is debatable. I could have easily given it three stars, but I liked it. I really liked it. It's it's a subject that I enjoy. I love dystopian concepts. I love fantasy when it's done right. Fantasy is hard to do right. You know, you have your Valerian of a Thousand Planets, which is dog shit, and then you have your Lord of the Rings, which is brilliant. And then somewhere in the middle, you get Immortal Engines. And I would think that people should, I think maybe they should revisit this because it was actually a really cool concept. The concept is awesome about entire cities and populations on wheels. Uh, A more... uh, down in the dirt, grungy version of this type of movie is a movie called Snowpiercer with Chris Evans, who played Captain America, where it's basically the population is on a train instead. But on this, they're basically on giant, giant uh, tanks, tanks the size of the city of London rolling around, and the only way they get their resources is by eating smaller cities and smaller towns. They eat them. They 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 take all the materials the people, the metals, and they use those metals, and, you know, that's how they keep their city maintenance. That's all. It, it's a pretty simple concept. When you break it down to its simple parts, it's, pre- it's pretty easy to put it all the pieces together. Way easier than something like The Matrix. So, four out of five stars for Mortal Engines. It's on two. You can go check it out. It's on, uh, is it on Netflix? No, it's not on Netflix. It's on Amazon Prime. You can go check that out. Okay. The one that Rotten Tomatoes hated, hated, Dave Chappelle's new stand-up special, Sticks and Stones. Um, I heard that he gets real in this one, and he de- he definitely takes real-world topics in this one and mixes them with some comedy that actually really makes you think, okay? And he does it in a very Dave Chappelle way, a very new-edge Dave Chappelle way. Dave is a great storyteller. He's a great... He's a great He's great at introducing concepts to people in ways they wouldn't expect them. He's great at working backwards in a joke. He uh, is doesn't give a shit about anyone's opinion. He's not afraid to approach any topic. And he just keeps rolling. And that's what he does so well in Sticks and Stones. He has a bit in here regard when it comes to the Jesse Smollett incident. The liar from Empire. Um, that bit is brilliant. He also talks about the reason he couldn't use certain words on Chappelle's show. And he talks about other other things in general. You go, wow, I didn't look at it that way. But he does it in a comedic tone. He handles the interruption in the audience v- v- very humorously. And it's a very enjoyable, very enjoyable um, stand-up special. Is it one of his best? I would say so. Is it his best? No, because I I really enjoyed the last one he put out. It was like in 2016. It was a dual set one. He did one like like this one, and then he also did one out of the Belly Room, which is at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. But this one is very very good. I enjoy this one. A lot of people absolutely were insane. But the thing is, is what made this one so such a big deal was 
how Rotten Tomatoes tried to toss it under the rug. They got some stupid, stupid people who didn't understand comedy in in the slight in the slightest to review this at this special, and they gave it a fucking zero on Rotten Tomatoes, where the audience ended up giving it like a ninety nine. I gave it a four out of five stars because I thought it was a really good special. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was as good as I was hoping it would be. And I would recommend it to anybody who likes comedy. Okay. So four out of five stars for Dave Chappelle's 2019 Sticks and Stones special. It's out right now on Netflix. Oddly enough, it's not. When you go on Netflix, it's not right there at the top. Even though it's been out for a couple months. It should be like right at the top. That's one of the things you want. This is a thing you want to watch. Okay, it is. That also includes Bill Burr's new special that just came out. It literally came out like a week or two after uh, Dave Chappelle's special came out. This one's called Paper Tiger. And Bill Burr is also another comic who doesn't give a shit about anybody else's opinion. But he is on social media. But he's on there doing his own thing. And he works closely with... All things comedy. He's doing some. He's introducing new specials for new other comedians that he really likes. He's got a lot going on. This one I thought he'd be more heartfelt, considering this is like the first special he's done where he actually has a baby. He has a little girl and stuff like that. But he doesn't really approach that towards until towards the very end. But for the most part, this special is all Bill Burr, and Bill Burr comes out swinging. He's yelling the whole time. And he actually tapes this special out of all places in England. Doesn't tape it anywhere in the U.S. He did the Fillmore in Los Angeles. He did like uh, he did like Memphis, Tennessee. I think he did. But for this one, he went all he went all the way to Royal Royal Albert Hall in England and taped it there. Figured he'd try something different. He's been touring Europe a lot more. We've been getting a lot more American comics over in Europe uh, lately. Uh, Tom Segura's been over there. Burr's been over there. So they've been having a lot of, they've been, you know, it's a big market and they love our comics. So especially now with podcasts becoming so big, uh, the the European market is still open to American podcasts. So they're listening to us and they're, they're especially listening to comics and they're what they want the comics to come over because now they understand the comics point of view and the point in their sense of humor. They're going to fill up a room over there somewhere in freaking, I don't know, France or or. or I don't know, Prague or whatever, and they can go and do specials. You know, the comedians can go over there, do a little vacation and do some shows. So it's awesome for them because it's more money for them. It's more opportunities. And people now want people listen to their spot, their podcasts. Easy to fill up a room. So they, uh, Bill Bird has, has done the same thing. And Paper Tiger, I give it also four out of five stars. It was a really good special. I first discovered Bill Burr when I was living at my girl with my girlfriend at the time, hundred thousand years ago, he had just come out with "Let It Go," and "Let It Go" uh, to this day is one of my favorite stand-up specials of all time. I was told to shut it off because this it was offensive comedy. I'm like, yep, and I'm going right back to it once you leave the house, bitch. And it's the first thing I did was I went and I watched that whole thing, and "Let It Go" came out in like 2009. It's back when Bill Burr still had hair. It's one of his best specials. It's absolutely phenomenal, and I've been a fan of Burr ever since. So you can go and check out Bill Burr's Paper Tiger and Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones special 
Uh, I give them both four out of five stars. They're both really, really good. They're both on Netflix right now. Okay. Uh, when maybe when I get a chance, I'll check out some of Andrew Schultz's uh, stuff. And there are other comics who are coming out with some new specials really, really soon. They're going to start taping and stuff. But yeah, you can go check those out. And of course, Mortal Engines, four out of five stars. So, mm. oh yeah, I wanted to address something. Last week, uh, while I was live streaming, I was testing out a new microphone for my for my fi- for Facebook for my Facebook stream. Okay, I don't, I don't, oh, I haven't overcomplicated the setup here yet. It's pretty simple. I still use stereo speakers, so you get a little uh, of the of the sound of the room, a little bit of the echo in the room, but for the most part, it's pretty clean. And I'm still working on when I make my clips for Instagram and Facebook. I'm actually going to be syncing the podcast audio with the audio with the video, so that when you see the clips online, those little clips that I put online now, the audio will be much cleaner. So I'll be doing that going forward, or at least remembering to, trying to remember to. I forget shit all the time. That's why I write everything down. But I was trying out a new speaker. I was like, oh, this is cheap. It'll amplify the it'll amplify the 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 quality on the Facebook stream a little bit more, hopefully. And I tested it out several times, just you know, by plugging it in, hitting record, and that was it. And I was like, cool, it work. It, it amplifies the sound a little bit. At least I think it does. Or at least it won't hurt it. And I'm like, cool, let's run with it. And then I plugged it in and then started streaming. And then I went to go download the stream later so I can edit it and throw it up online like I normally do, even though, in, in my opinion, it was kind of a shitty podcast. I was really, really tired. I haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately. Just because, I don't know, I just, I'm, I'm waking up a lot. So, yeah. But I went to review it and I heard this massive feedback all the way from the beginning to the end of the of the fucking live stream. And I'm sorry for that. That's my apology. I'm sorry for that. I had to take down the live stream, the rec- the the recorded version of the live stream for Facebook.com for Facebook. And uh, yeah, it's it's it just was it was garbage. You couldn't hear anything that I was saying. It was bad quality and. I mean, I, I could try it again with that with that speaker system that I set up for it, but I think for the most part, I'm actually just going to leave it as it is. It's just not worth it. Um, down the road, if my my equipment gets more sophisticated, then I will most certainly use you know attempt a new setup. But for now, I'm not not going to touch it. Things are working well as they should be, and for the for the most part, you know, I still get little scratches not little scratches i still get little um i still get little crashes every now and then maybe it's like a live stream crashes or a blue screen or uh, a little blip and interruption because my internet goes down or something like that so i try not to get all bent out of shape i just roll with it because it's a spare part studios it's fine but for the most part everything runs as it should i prep a lot of stuff before the beginning of the show. Like I have my notes. I have all my computers running. They're idling nicely, which means all their background programs have finished running before I start recording and start streaming and everything like that. All the batteries are charged. All my articles are to the left of me. My coffee's made. I've already got a little bit of caffeine in me before the show starts. I've already pumped it out through my Instagram story that the podcast is about to begin. And uh, yeah. And going forward, I'm going to be working on my 
uh, my Robin Hood uh, promo read a little bit better because it's kind of a longer read than I'm used to doing. So I'm going to work on cleaning that up a little bit. And then the preparation is good. But it was just, it was a, a silly thing. I thought the fucking headphone, the jack was going to be good. And it just it just didn't. Maybe I didn't plug it. So, you know, if you plug in a headphone jack and you don't think, you don't plug it in all the way, it makes that feedback sound. Maybe that was the case. But for me, it's not, it's not worth it. So I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go back to what I was originally doing, which was working. Stick with what works and you're good to go. So, okay. We are at 44 minutes. I want to get to some of this. I'm glad we got to that bird. That bird was pretty badass. So I'm going to talk about, I want to get to these dig Q and A's. Dig's awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and unplug the, why am I telling you I'm going to unplug something? Who gives a shit? Hmm. Okay. So let me go ahead and get, let's get over the classic laptop. Let's go to, all right. These are some interesting Q&As, so let's check these out. Now, if you want, now once again, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. And if you need posing music for your latest fitness shows that are coming up, uh, you can also contact me through there as well. Okay. Questions. All right, here's a good one. My coworker got engaged to my ex-boyfriend. Last year, I met an adorable fellow at a bar. One thing led to another, and we ended up going home together that night. We saw each other off and on for several weeks. Then he dumped me, saying I was too young for him. I'm 24, he's 31. Six months later, he started dating a phony, obnoxious, downright, dim-witted woman I work with. We work in, in parentheses, we work in TV. She was with me the night I met him. Oh, excuse me. She said it, it with an explanation point. She was with me the night I met him. I had a hard time dealing with them being together, seeing as how he broke my heart. But I managed to function at work. Well, guess what, E. Jean? That bitch got engaged to him. Now it's impossible for me to pretend that they don't exist as she's wagging her ring all over. I'm inconsolable. How can a woman like that get engaged and someone like me, smart, funny, friendly, cute, be single? It's unfair, so unjust. How do I deal? Okay. All right. Okay. One thing led to another. You met a guy at a bar. That's fine. Joe Rogan met his wife at a bar. You can meet people at bars, all right? You don't have to go online and friend request somebody on fucking Facebook and then send them a, 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 a message. You can still meet people at bars or call people on the phones and say, hey, what are you doing? Let's go get coffee. You can still do that. Here's the next thing. One thing led to another and we ended up going home together that night. So she went home with him that night and fucked him. And, or vice versa. So she put out on the first date. It wasn't even a date. It was a hookup. They went home that night and hooked up. So you're easy. And then we saw each other off and on for several weeks. Okay. So the name, the title of this is my coworker got engaged to my ex-boyfriend. He's not your ex-boyfriend because he was never your boyfriend. He was a guy you were seeing. It was a guy you were dating off and on for several weeks. Dating... The actual term, the actual explanation for dating, the, what the dictionary says, or the, J, my, the, the positive sarcasm dictionary, dating means you are having a short-term sexual relationship with somebody. 
That's it. That's all dating is. There's no, there's nothing beyond that. That's all dating is. You bone somebody for about five or six weeks, and then you're bored and you move on. And since he boned you on the first night, guess what? There's nothing there. Okay. Then he dumped me. Yeah, he kicked you to the curb for somebody else, saying he was too young for him. That, okay, that's a bullshit statement. Too young. I'm 24, he's 31. That doesn't mean anything, really. Okay, that's just a cop out of uh, him saying, I'm all set, kick you to the curb. You're just a fucking, you're just a notch in the belt. Six months later, he starts dating a phony. I'm not, okay, you are now being a hater. Phony, obnoxious, downright dim-witted woman I work with, and she was there the night I met him. Okay, so basically, it says six months later. Is that what it says? Six months later, he started dating a phony, obnoxious, downright, okay. <clears throat> what happened was, it wasn't six months later. It was six months later that this down, uh, this obnoxious, downright, dim-witted woman I work with, no, no, she went public with it six months later. They started fucking when he kicked you to the curb. She either hit him up or she or he hit her up. More than likely, he hit her up. She responded. He realized that, oh, I got a shot with this one. Let me throw it. Let me kick this one to the curb. I'm going to smoke this one for about six months. Hey, this one's pretty decent. Let's go public. Yeah, you can say in a relationship on your Facebook profile and cool. And that's when you found out. And then six months later with it, six months later after that or three months later after that, she didn't really state, they're engaged. All right, well, getting engaged is easy. All you got to do is have about 600 bucks kicking around and then boom, next thing you know, you got a quarter carat ring. That's pretty much it. So, yeah, blood diamonds are cheap, yo. Uh, so that's, you're inconsolable. You're inconsolable about a guy who smoked you on the first date and you were banging off and on for about five to six weeks and you're 24 years old? Fucking get over it, okay? There's nothing, there was nothing heavy. You have an emotional problem. It's unfair, so unjust. How do I deal? She's in TV. She's a hot broad in TV. Are you a hot broad in TV? Or are you like are you like kind of the dumpy one who gets to do the weather every now and then when the guy's out sick or on vacation with his family? Is that who you are? I don't maybe. Maybe you're the fat friend. I don't know. But I think you need to kind of chill on this one. You're you're obviously a hater. Okay. You're being a hater. You just need to fucking chill. And move on with it. And go figure it out for yourself. You put out on the first night. That's strike one. Okay? And then off and on, you didn't have a chance in the very beginning. Once you pulled that stunt and you put out on the first night, you're done. Okay? I, d- just don't ask. You don't have to question this. There's no questioning this. This is, this is concrete. This is proven in stone. You are a flight risk at night one. You put out a night one. You didn't wait one night. Okay? Once you do that, sad to say, you're you're already exiting. You're already on your way out. Okay? But he, and you're also wrong. You're incorrect in saying he was your ex-boyfriend because he never was your boyfriend. Okay? He was a piece of ass you were emotionally involved with off and on for five to six weeks. And you obviously got emotional problems or you're emotionally not 
in shape, okay? Not physically not in shape, but emotionally, you're not put together. You need to work on that, okay? It'll take you a few years because you're 24 years old and you're obviously still a fucking idiot. But for the most part, that's that, okay? Get over it. She's getting married. She'll probably end up getting divorced, and that's that. All right, next one, next topic. My mom is dating a sex offender. (laughs) I'm second-guessing myself and really need your advice. My mother is currently dating a level three sex offender. She's been, level three sex offender is pretty bad, right? I would assume so. She's been with him for two years. I found out she unintentionally mentioned, okay, I found out after she unintentionally mentioned to a relative that he had been to prison. Yeah, I've been to prison. When she wouldn't elaborate on why he went to prison, this relative found it odd and contacted me to let me know. At the time, my mom had been helping to care for my kids by picking them up from school and serving as an emergency contact. Well, good for her. I looked him up online and found all of his mugshots as well as his name on an offender registry. Mom hid this, hid, had hid this info, as far as I know, from, ed, from everyone. This man had been in my home several times and my kids, and I had spent Thanksgiving with him at my mom's. I was enraged and scared that perhaps my children had been abused by him. After talking with my husband and verifying with my kids and their pediatrician that no abuse had taken place, I confronted my mom with the help of the family member who told me about the boyfriend. My mother's initial response was defensiveness, accented by by a half-hearted apology. Yeah, I can probably, I can hear it right now. She said he he believed she said she believed he was on drugs in the past and he wouldn't do that again. He'd become a different person, etc. She later told family that I was keeping the children away from her without explaining why. I had to remove her from the children's emergency contact list. After this whole thing blew up, she showed up at the kids' school unannounced, which my son told me about. Here's where I keep second-guessing myself. I had not taken my kids to see her without me. She keeps asking to see my kids, but won't actually talk to me about anything meaningful. I had visited her with the kids in the park at a restaurant or without, or with my husband in tow. Truthfully, I don't want to engage in her at all. I don't want my kids to be near her. I don't trust her. My husband feels the same uh, as me but also tends to avoid tense situations and hasn't really put much skin in the game. I know she loves them, but I feel she's sick and... Well, okay. I feel guilty that I may be preventing the kids from having a relationship with her and may... Pre- okay. Look. Straight up. You did the right thing. Okay? If your mom cared about your her grandchildren as much as she says she does, she would not be dating... Not just, you know, a guy whipped his dick out near a fucking elementary school and took a leak and was just going to take a leak out back in the woods and got caught by a uh, by a resource officer. We're not talking about that, all right? We're not talking about a guy who maybe had a girl had sex with a girl who was maybe one year too too early when he was back in high school and ended up becoming and got arrested and pled and had to be put on a sex offender list because it was statutory we're not even talking about that we're talking about something like level three we're talking about some real shit here where i from what i understand he did he diddled some fucking kids that's no good that's no good you can't have somebody like that who could potentially be mentally ill around your kids you can't do that your mom can't put you in that situation and generally, people like that have real, not like my sociopathic tendencies, but real 
legit sociopathic tendencies where they could compromise the integrity of your mother into allowing something to happen to those kids. So you can't, under any circumstances, which you did correctly by not allowing them around her while he's around them, her. So, right, you're not seeing it wrong. This dude is potentially really sick and cannot be around your kids. So please continue to do that and she's in the wrong. She's in the wrong for hiding it and uh, many other things. Your most important thing is your family, your husband, and your your husband, your immediate family, your husband and your kids. Nothing else matters after that. Okay? Anything happens where you become lazy or you think it's okay or whatever like that and something does happen, you'll never forgive yourself. Your kids may or may not potentially recover. But they'll still have to deal with that little extra pocket of sadness as they can t- as they grow up. So what you did was the right thing. So uh yeah, just no. F- fuck her for hiding it from you and for continuing to see him too. So no, that's the end of that. You did the right thing by by cutting her off. All right. So let's see here. Do I want to texting with girlfriends? Mom goes awry. Yeah, you wanna you don't wanna no, let's not do that. My DOS is calling. There's one there's one here that I really like. Okay. Here's another one. How can I force all my son's classmates to call him Andrew instead of Andy? I love my seven year old son's name Andrew, but I hate the nickname Andy. When we named him Andrew, we agreed to only use the long version and never the nickname. We moved over the summer and somehow he has become Andy in his new school. My son doesn't care whether people call him Andrew or Andy. I spoke to him about correcting people when they call him the, the wrong name. And we've practiced what he should say, but he's not an assertive kid, and I doubt he is correcting people often. I made an appointment with the teacher to discuss the situation. She apologized and said that she would call him Andrew and speak with the, special, the specials teachers to make sure that they call him Andrew as well. She said she would make one class announcement, but that otherwise will not correct students for him calling him Andy. As you can imagine, this has been totally ineffective. All the kids are still calling him Andy. I made another appointment with the teacher, but she was not helpful. She said that Andrew never objects to being called Andy and sometimes even introduces him as Andy and even introduces himself as Andy, and I don't know whether this is true, whether or not this is true. To me, this is irrelevant. He is seven years old, I am his mother, and I get to decide what people call him. Oh, okay. She is not willing to correct the other students in the moment when they call him Andy. I would like to take this matter to the principal. My husband's my husband feels like I'm overreacting. If we don't get this under control now, he'll be Andy for the rest of his life. Help. Bitch, you're fucking crazy. Are you out of your mind? You are a helicopter parent with fucking Hellfire missiles. Okay. You don't get to decide what happens to Andy in society, okay? You need to let Andy do things for himself. You just need to make sure that Andy gets his homework done on time, that Andy gets to school on time, that Andy is not experiencing is not experimenting with too many heavy drugs, that you're not putting Andy on any psychotropic uh, medications like... 
you know, Adderall or Ritalin or Concerta and making sure that Andy gets the proper nutrition and that he gets and he gets to work out. Okay. And then he participates in social settings. And if Andy decides that by being called that, he fits in better with the with in school, then you need to leave it be. Yeah, he's seven. But if you keep telling people to bow to your commands and that this thing uh, about you deciding what Andrew does with his life, okay, you're doing making right now. You're thinking that you should be making all the decisions right now for Andy, okay? You're raising what you, what you're doing is you're raising a fucking potential school shooter. You need to let this kid figure out society, even at the age, the ripe old, ripe young age of seven years old. He's learning how to fit in, okay? He's learning how to feel comfortable with his fellow classmates, with his new teachers, with his new environment, and with his new school, okay? You need to let him figure out some of this shit. And there's nothing wrong with him being called Andy. It's a good name, okay? And your husband says, your husband feels like you're overreacting. Your husband's fucking correct. You're being completely psychotic. You need to shut your cake and let your freaking kid go to school and try to, at least in these crazy-ass times where everybody's questioning your fucking pronouns, I mean, you could at least let him get a name for himself first. Let him figure out his name, and then maybe he'll get to figure out his gender, and then you can let him figure out who his friends are in school. All right? I didn't get it really get to decide what my name really was, I guess. I don't know. Don't call me Joey. Actually, in fucking college... When I was in college, I didn't even have a first name. Nobody called me by my name. Nobody called me Joey, Joseph, Jay. They called me Yankee because I was a Yankees fan. Nobody called me by my first name. I had no first name. That was my nickname all throughout college. Nobody, until I left college, two and a half years, $34,000 of wasted tuition, not tuition, well, yeah, federal loans. Nobody knows my name. Nobody knows who my real name was. They all call me Yankee. So this is just life. Okay. Maybe Andy's going to, Andy's a decent name. Let him be called Andy. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. You're, you're being over, you're being overbearing. This is tough on a kid, especially at seven. And if he's dealing with this now, I can't imagine what you're, you're going to let him figure shit out for himself. You need to let him grow from some nut. If he wants to be a passive kid, then let him be a passive kid. But you don't need to, him to be standing up and being all sassy and be like, my name is Andrew. Or, yeah, guess what, Andrew? You're going to get your fucking ass kicked if you say you want to be called something else in front of a kid who weighs like 60 pounds bigger than you. Sometimes it's okay just to get along with the person who, or just to be passive, get through the day. School's hard. School's hard in a developing mind. And sometimes it's okay just to be called Andy. Or in my case, Yankee. It got, you know what? By being called Yankee, I was able to it let them know that I could be poked out a little bit and let them know that I could get I could take ridicule, that I wasn't ultra sensitive, and that I could be part and by being called Yankee, I became part of these odd groups. I be, I developed a personality because of it. I became part of these little groups. People came to me for with stuff or for stuff or because of stuff, and I was part of that dorm life. 
Now, granted, I wasn't seven. I was 19 years old, but people knew who I was. And I developed a reputation for being, you know, kind of a, an okay kid. You know, people cheered me on when I, in, in all kinds of situations. And I was known as, at least in college, uh, as reliable, as a reliable person. Now, when I got out of college, I was a fucking train wreck and I went through cycles and cycles of friends. I was a mess and all, I make all kinds of poor decisions. Actually, for the next 10 years, I made poor decisions. But still, where I am today, if people, there are people who still call, like I'll see people, there's a kid, Ben. I saw this kid, Ben, from 100,000 years ago. He knew me in college. He called, he freaking saw me a few weeks ago down at the, at the cigar place in Colby Yankee. Guess what? I turned around, gave him a big hug. That's how people know you. And if you allow that, it, it's, you know, them molding you into their system, you kind of roll with it. You're not completely standoffish. You let them call you Andy. Andy is a shortcut. And if you, if you learn, just, you got to let him learn to roll with the punches in school. You know, you can't be like, I'm going to do that. My name is this and I'm that. And that's not how school works. That's not how school works. Okay. And kids are, kids are, are pretty, can be pretty brutal to each other. So you got to let, sometimes you just got to let the kid figure it out, figure them out for themselves. You need to, you need to be like the government. You need to take care of the immediate shit that's at home. He's not being bullied. They're calling him Andy. That's not bullying. Okay. That's not bullying. Okay. If they're calling him, they're calling him fuckface and throwing him in closets and kicking the shit out of him. All right. Then there's, there's, then there's a discussion to be had about whatever. But this isn't it. I see no situations in bullying. These are kids who they just see him as Andy, so they call him Andy. And the reason some the, the, the teachers have pretty much stopped listening to you is because you're completely fucking crazy. You're a crazy mom. You're a crazy ass mom who's overbearing. You're a helicopter mom. You need to you need to back off on this one because your kid's not when he faces real uh, adversity in life, he's going to crumble. He's going to crumble. So, uh, Andy, I wish you luck. I, I wish you all the luck. Your mom's nuts. And uh, good luck to you, bro. Anyways, uh, that's pretty much it for today. We are an hour and six minutes. That was okay. We did okay. We got through some stuff, you know. Uh, I didn't get to a lot of the articles. I did get to. I did get to get to that bird though. But uh, I'm I'm actually going to close the show. Uh, if you guys are listening on the podcast, you can uh, go check out this group. I'm going to end this podcast with Orbit Culture. Their song is called Nensha. Uh, but of course, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com/slash/donate. Any amount is appreciated. If you don't really have any money, but you actually do want to support the podcast, you can go go to my go to positivesarcasm.com/slash/donate and click on the Robin Hood banner, sign up there, and I'll get stock. And then I can sell that stock and, you know, there we go. So it's a way for you to sign up for something, learn about the stock market, and then I get a stock out of it and great. So that's it's a way for you to donate with really having not having to spend any money. So, you know, check it out, Robinhood, click on the banner, 
And if you guys want to contact me with any information, any questions, comments, or whatever, you can go to positivesarcasm.com. You can uh, you can contact me through all that information. If you need posing music for a fitness show coming up, you can contact me through there. Go and check out my YouTube channel at Positive Sarcasm. Go and check out my Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. My, I stream live every week. Uh, Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. And twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm I'm on, I'm on iTunes, Stitcher Google Play Music, TuneIn iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict Band in China uh, so I'm on all kinds of stuff but I'm everywhere, I'm doing everything week 100 is coming up in about 6 or 7 weeks I'm thinking about extending the podcast doing it twice a week and doing the leftover doing Sunday leftovers where I talk about the I re- go through the articles that I didn't get a, go to get a chance to go through uh, the week before. So we'll sit down, read some articles. Maybe we'll learn a thing or two. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, or if you don't want to be a guest on the podcast, but you do want to listen, you do want to sit in on a podcast. The casting couch sits, uh, to my left of me. It's off camera. So you don't see, you can just listen and watch. There is a lovely three seater, uh, sofa. That's quite comfy. Uh, coffee is served every podcast or wine, depending upon your preferences. It's served at every. It's served at every podcast that I do, and you can feel free to sit in and listen. The studio is open to all who request. So until next time, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.